and welcome to the first Clarity Podcast. In this episode, we're going to give you a brief overview of Clarity, the Hi-Fi Industry Trade Association, and talk about why it could be good for your business. But first, let's meet the hosts. We've got John, we've got Paul, but no Ringo, sadly. However, we do have another drummer, Phil. Yeah, hi, I'm Phil Hansen, and uh, no, Paul McCartney never actually said that I was the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, I've been in this uh, the hi-fi industry for many years, uh, worked for various manufacturers, uh, and now I'm the owner of Redshift Communications, PR and marketing agency working with many high-profile brands. Hi, I'm John Loom. I work in digital marketing, and after six years, I'm yet to get my head around the world of hi-fi. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and I'm Paul Laville. I'm the owner of T21, and I've been working in the consumer electronics industry for, for more years than I like to think closely about. So between us, we'll be hosting the Clarity podcasts over the coming weeks and months. So what is Clarity? So basically, Clarity is the trade association for the UK hi-fi industry. Our membership is wide-ranging and includes retailers, manufacturers, distributors, members of the media, PRs, marketing folk, basically anybody, any individuals and businesses who work in the hi-fi industry and are passionate about uh, helping it to survive and prosper. Uh, our goal is simple. Let's bring the industry together, pool our collective resources uh, and our ideas for the good of everybody. We firmly believe that the industry can only be stronger, can only get better, can do more good things uh, if we work together. That's good. But what's in it for you? So in addition to our collaborative approach, what we also do is we make available to all our members a wide range of benefits that have been designed to seriously help the bottom line, whether that's credit card rates, whether it's courier services, business insurance, the sales, marketing, technical training, many, many other services. So Let's have a look at what we're going to be talking about in the podcasts to come. John, tell us, what are you most looking forward to talking about in future episodes? Yeah, well, that's, that's a difficult question, Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah. We didn't say we were going to make it easy. No, no, and I didn't expect that of you. But, you know, I'm just really looking forward to hearing and meeting our guests and just learning from them. and. Just getting a little better understanding mm. of, of how they see our industry. And I think that's the interesting bit for me. You know, Paul, what are you looking for? Oh, you've thrown it straight back to me. I like that, John. I like your style, my friend. Um, I think likewise, I'm looking forward to meeting lots of guests. We've got some great people lined up. But I guess I'm looking forward to actually discussing and opening up more detail on the benefits clarity offer. Obviously, you just alluded to some of those a little while ago, but maybe discussing in more detail the ways in which we clarity as an association can bring people together as phil was talking about um you know i'm looking forward to talking about the maybe the wider business landscape as well because that does affect all of us in in whatever industry we're we're trading in so all those global factors the trends that impact our businesses i'm also quite interested in looking at the changes that we've seen in customer behaviors over the last few years obviously the way people shop now 
is is very very different to what it was even maybe five or six years ago let alone a decade or so ago so unpicking that looking at what customer expectations are and discussing how hi-fi retailers and suppliers can can sort of change their business to to deal with that and plenty more stuff as well but that's that's going to be my bag i think what about you phil well i'm looking forward to us all actually remembering something i want us all mm. to remember how and why we got into this industry in the first place. Basically, we're all music lovers or movie lovers, and Hi-Fi is a fantastic way of delivering a great movie and music experience. Um, we work in one of the most exciting industries around. Uh, we're in the entertainment business, uh, so it's be really good if we don't actually lose sight of that. Yeah, sure, the black boxes are really important because that's what we sell and that's what we make our money out of, but ultimately, all hi-fi exists for is to entertain people. Mm. Of course, we are also running businesses. So yes, of course, we have to face the challenges that all businesses and across many industries have to cope with. And right now with the cost of living crisis and all those other pressures on us, uh, business can be quite tough. So yeah. there are challenges. And I'm also looking forward to us being able to demonstrate how clarity can help uh, with some of those essential elements that make businesses run more smoothly and more profitably, put the fun back into it whilst actually helping yes. business to thrive, and prosper and move forwards and bring great quality home entertainment to more and more people who at the moment only know about kind of streaming music from their phones. So we've got an education <laughs> job to do. Um, and that's going to be good fun trying to uh, get people to realise there is something better out there. Definitely. Yes. Oh, well put, Phil. Looking forward yeah. to that one. So anyway, um, back to the podcasts. Over the next few weeks and months, um, we're going to be covering all sorts of topics, as Paul alluded to. Um, we're going to start with interviewing members of the Clarity Board of Directors. Uh, it's a disparate group of people from all different walks of life, all different sections of the industry. So they should have something pretty interesting to uh, to impart. Uh, we're going to get some special guests on. And I believe some people have already been emailing us um, <laughs> to say, can we be on your podcast? And that's before we've even told people there are podcasts podcasts so how they got wind of it i've no idea there must be a leak in the organization secret somewhere. network somewhere yeah, that we, so. we don't know about so hopefully some of the special guests will present some uh, some really useful business information which can uh, can help with running your businesses running your hi-fi industry uh, we're going to discuss hi-fi related topics so is it vinyl versus digital do cables make a difference? All these kind of things which really get people excited in the hi-fi industry. Um, and then ultimately, of course, what we, want to, what we want to do is show you why membership of Clarity is a good choice for your business. Uh, in March next year, we've got the Hi-Fi Industry Conference coming up, the Clarity Conference. So I've not been able to run this for the past few years mm -hmm. for obvious reasons without mentioning the C word. So we're very excited to get back to Dolby HQ in London next March, and we'll give you a preview of that uh, in the coming weeks. And also what we're going to be doing at the Bristol show in February next year. We're shaking things up a bit at Bristol. Um, we've got a planning meeting about that next week, so hopefully we'll get some really good ideas which we can share with you. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun, actually, just getting back out there in the world and networking and, and meeting people and speaking to them again. It's uh it's going to be good fun. I think we've got some good plans going forward. Thanks for that, guys. So before we sign off, um, I have got a little surprise here. I've got an old hi-fi retailer's bag stuffed full of random questions scribbled on post-it notes. So 
I'm just going to dig in. I'm going to lift out a question and let's just throw this one out there. So, John, let's start with you, but Phil, feel free to chip in. Here's the question. Which do you prefer, right? Streaming or physical media? John. Okay. Spot. Well, slight admission. I don't actually own any physical media. <gasps> I don't own any vinyl. I don't own any CDs. So I have to say, I find the digital side of the industry very, very interesting. So mm. streaming, I choose, I choose streaming. And I think what we're doing now with streaming, I think when there's something coming up called Web3, and maybe we can talk about that in more depth, but I think the music industry is going to change quite a lot over the next few years. And I think, mm. I think streaming and maybe even NFTs kef have just launched their own nfts which are actually you own the music and stuff like that is really interesting mm. so as i don't have any cds i don't have any tapes i don't have any vinyl um i have to say streaming so yeah there you go fair enough mate well Sorry. think of all the space you must have in your house well look at all the amount of music i have on my phone <laughs> and you know and that's that for me is for me, it's what you listen to it through. So the speakers in the lounge or in the kitchen. But yeah, don't worry about amps or players. It's it's just streaming for me. So there you go. Wow! If I had all that space available, I still got Admittedly, I never or very rarely actually play the CDs, having ripped them all onto a, a hard drive. Mm. So. My digital music is streamed either from my network or from Cobus, Tidal, those kind of things. Uh, but can I part with those CDs? I'm finding that really difficult to do that. I probably ought to put them in a box in the attic. Um, <gasps> but yeah, streaming for the most part, um, especially in the car or if it's background music, sometimes I'll stream to do some kind of serious listening to some high-res stuff that I haven't got on mm. any of the phone. Uh, I did throw my cassettes out, so I did make some room by throwing them the old Apart from oh. ones that, uh, oh, man. They're not all of them. <laughs> I've got about half a dozen left that I haven't found that I can replace on either streaming media or on vinyl yeah. or CD I, I, even. So, uh, but I've nothing to play them on. So. Yeah. One day I'll have to uh, scour eBay and get myself an old cassette player. I, I don't I don't think I could I could throw my cassettes out. I have got a stack of them up in the loft. And uh, uh, but I do have something to play with them on because I found when I when I moved house an old Walkman, an old Sony Walkman that I owned oh, wow. when I was like 16, 17. And, and it's got a line out that I can just plug into the hi-fi stuff. Right. So I can play some of those old old cassettes. I mean, I don't, to be honest, because apart from the kind of mixtapes, everything I owned on cassette, I either have on vinyl or CD. But nonetheless, I. I don't know because it's 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 about the memories as well, isn't it? Like like you said, Phil. You know, we work in an industry which is all about passion and feeling and emotion, and you know, a lot of fun, and a lot of that is tied up with what we're listening to at a certain time in our lives. And I think that also translates to the physical media, the kind of touch and the feel of a thing, the cassette or the CD or the record. You know, and I I I, I find it difficult to to part with all those things. That's why I've got shelves stacked full of just stuff and you know I, I i do mostly stream or you know sort of download to my phone or whatever but i can't i can't not have the physical media to just kind of hold and touch and 
play around with and just stare at longingly every now and then. You, you're clearly ahead of the curve there, Paul, because there is a great cassette revival underway, apparently. Is there? Is there? Apparently, so. Can't really get my head around it myself. but uh, <laughs> it's, that, it's, yeah. it's that kind of... Um, <laughs> the, the snap and crack as you load something, the chunk as you load a cassette into in, into the tray and, and close the lid on it, chunk, you don't you don't get that pressing a phone, no matter how good the um what they call them, the the, the haptics are on on a phone. It's you need that chunk. That's what I think anyway. Absolutely. Oh. It's like lowering the needle onto your record. Yes. Which is yes. what I do. If I'm doing serious listening, uh it's gotta be vinyl. Yeah. So I'm still physical when it comes to serious listening. And I love that whole kind of process of taking the record out of the sleeve, cleaning it down with a, uh, a brush, putting it on the platter, lowering the needle on it, hoping you actually get it on the needle and not bouncing off the edge. Um, <laughs> and then reading the notes while you're listening to the music. Yeah. Sleeve notes. It's all part of the whole experience. And you don't get that with streaming. Yeah, oh. okay, if you're using something that's got all the information <laughs> on the screen, you can read the screen, but it's like reading a book. It's much better yes. to your book in paper than it is on your iPad. Or you your can keyboard. you can sniff the book. You can sniff a a cover of a record. John's John's chomping at the bit. John, what have you got to add? I I, that? I, I I feel like I have to defend the streaming. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're we're very isolated in this conversation. Yeah, no, I, I understand the the physical that touchiness, all that that stuff of you know, having a hundred things you need to clean on a Saturday morning in order when you want to listen to them six months later, you still can. But what I love is the library. I have a library of music that I, I mm. have subscribed to and I can discover artists. I can remember artists from when I was younger. You know, when I was younger, I used to love a, a band called Cast. I can't find Cast anywhere for love nor money. Mm. HMV's closing down. There is nowhere to go and buy this stuff. For me, I can get it on my phone in three minutes. I can love it, enjoy it, and I can then find something else. And I I don't need a spare wall. Um, but I think that is that is how I was brought up. You know, very much if you're not using it, it's going to go um, kind of way. So the only cassette I really ever remember owning mm. was the one you plugged into your your. your cassette player in your car so you could plug your ipod in and that was the most useful cassette i've ever had <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know and this is from a person who i've still got my cub outfit from when i was like six or seven but i don't have any of my records from when i was younger i can tell mm. you the first one i bought and the first one i was given to me but i can't tell you what happened to them or where they went but if i want that memory back there you go. 20 seconds later, it's playing. It's so on for your me, phone. Yeah, there like, there's, a, there's another question for another podcast. What was mm. the first piece of music you listened to? What was the first album you bought? Oh. Let's park that one. Let's go, come back right. to that sometime. Too embarrassing. <laughs> so here's, a, here's another question from the Hi-Fi retailers. Carrier bag stuffed full of random stuff. Um, oh, this is an interesting one, actually. I'm going to start with you on this one, Phil. It okay. says here... Live performance or studio recordings? Where do you stand on this one? Oh, that is an interesting mm. question. Very different art forms. I've thought long and hard about this, actually, because there's an awful lot of music that's created in the studio um, using all sorts of uh, digital wizardry, which actually makes the most amazing 
um, sound, the most amazing piece of music, which bands can really struggle to bring off live. Um, is that a bad thing? Uh, are they failing? Are they cheating if they can't do it live, but they can do it in the studio? Well, mm. probably not. I mean, you can go back to the 70s with what Queen were doing or even further back to what the Beatles were doing with the wall of sound. And mm. um, that's really, really difficult to, to recreate in a live environment. But it doesn't mean that we don't enjoy the recordings any less because we think maybe they're kind of cheating or using the tools at their disposal to do something which uh, they couldn't do live. So for me, I think they're very, very different art forms. You can go into the studio, you can spend weeks or months honing your, your music, your album, a song, a symphony, whatever it may be, and you can come out with something which is will stand the test of time, will never be changed because that's how you captured it, and people can love it forever. A live performance is a in-the-moment thing. And there's mm. a lot of different energy to a live performance, um, to what you can get from a studio recording. Not to uh, say anything bad about recordings, you get a fantastic energy from a recording when you're listening to it at home, especially if you're listening to it on your vinyl, John. Um, but listening um, in a concert hall to a live performance where you're there, you'll never hear that again. Even if you get the recording of that gig, it'll never have the same vibe as it had when you stood there um, with 3,000 other people enjoying the moment. And yeah, they may not pull off everything that's on the, the recording exactly the way that mm. uh, it's captured in the studio, but it's still an amazing art form. So they're very, very different. If I had to come down on one side or the other, uh, I think I'd come down on live performance because I'm a drummer, I play in a band, I play in a band so that I can play in front of audiences. And that's what <laughs> most bands exist so they can get yeah. up on the stage and play. So, yeah, for me, live performance tips studio recordings. How about you, Paul? What do you think? I, I, I think I'm with you there, Phil, actually. I mean, there, there's something about the live performance that you cannot recapture elsewhere. I mean, I think to all the, 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 the gigs I've been to, whether it's a massive stadium filled with thousands of other people or something a bit more intimate in the, the back room of a pub or something like that, it's it, those those are memories that stay with you for life. And it, and it is about being with other people. It's being part of that vibe. And it's something that you only experience once. And I know nowadays we all go around to these things and record as much as we can on our phones so we've got something to keep and treasure but i i like the ephemeral nature of it the uniqueness of a performance that no matter how no matter how identical two nights playing the same songs may be on that night you're there it's unique it's never the same twice and i i like that aspect of it and i think back to some of the best gigs i've been to yeah, they they're, they're so memorable. But saying that, yeah, I I do like the studio. Like you're saying with the the Beatles stuff, you know, you look at what they what they achieved playing around, you know, changing the technology, uh, changing the way they they wrote and composed music to to get the best out of a studio and push the studio to the limits of of what it's about and what a lot of music does now when it when it does that. And again, it's yeah, I'm not going to devalue studio recordings. I think there's a place in the world for both of those things. So. So yeah, yeah, that that's me. What about you, John? Any preferences? Any oh. thoughts? Oh, well, no. Um, well, I don't know. I, I was thinking as you guys were talking, and I'm like, well, does it does it depend on what sort of music you enjoy? Would you would that's you rather go? And, mm. you know, if you're watching a DJ, 
the, the what they're doing is they're playing other people's music, but they're doing it differently. And and all of a sudden, it's not just the set; it's the environment, it's the atmosphere. Mm. You, you you've exploded into this this sort of amazing feeling thing. But if you're on the other side of that, if you're into classical music, can you sit in your lounge and become more involved in something that was recorded in a studio and feel more personally attached mm. to it than you could at a gig? And I, I have to say there's, there's got to be there's balance and nuances to all this stuff. I mean, personally, I actually don't mind because I think if it's the band I want to listen to, if it's a live performance, that's been recorded it's generally worse than the life than the recorded performance unless you were there and i think that is the for me is the difference is the if i'm invested in it i want to be there i love it if i'm just listening to it and it's a live mm. performance there's so much noise and interference with actually the one thing i'm trying to do is listen and so a studio recording for me i think at this time in my life a studio recording is the purity that I want to, to experience. I, I'm not, I've been there, done that, worn the, worn the t-shirt at gigs, but no, I'm going to have to come down on studio. Yeah. For me. Okay. I like the Beatles. I love the Beatles. And the way that they did what they did in a studio without killing each other, I thought was phenomenal. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sorry, studio recordings at this time in my life. I'll be 20 years ago and I'd be like, live performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> That's me. That's brilliant. Me. Brilliant. Yeah. I'm like going to that. ask you a question uh -oh. from the, uh, the random uh, virtual carrier bag, because actually you've got the carrier bag. So I'm making this question <laughs> up. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Paul, on this one. Um, on, Genesis Ooh. or Marillion? Ooh. Oh, Genesis or Marillion. So these are actually two, two bands that. I'd like to say I've always been into. I, I discovered both of these in the 80s. And as soon as I got wind of Genesis and that there was a massive back catalogue stretching back over sort of 10, 15 years, I immediately dived into it, found that it was very, very different to the Phil Collins-led stuff of the mid-80s, the Invisible Touch and all that, and actually really, really got into it, really enjoyed it, loved the stories, the kind of fairy tale aspect, the sort of mythical part of those early albums, and the sounds differing from each album. You know, you listen to Wind and Wuthering, sounds different to Foxtrot, sounds different to Selling England by the Pound, and telling different stories, and then the Peter Gabriel stuff. Sorry, I could witter on for ages about that. So, but at the same time, I also found Marillion, who didn't have quite such a back catalogue, I think... The first album of then I listened to was actually the last one by Fish, which is Clutching at Straws. But again, you listen to the previous albums, they're all quite different. And there are notes of Genesis in them, because I think they certainly the early stuff was inspired by a lot of what Genesis were doing in the 70s. But I do feel like a bit of a fake fan when it comes to Marillion, because I haven't heard a huge amount of stuff that they've done post fish and i know you've told me before phil i need to listen to more of that and i've had a few other people tell me as well that the stuff they did after fish was was better is brilliant and everything else i think i might have listened to season's end i think it's called um but that's about it and i did enjoy that but if we're talking about yeah which do i prefer it's got to be it's got to be genesis because i don't think 
there's a Genesis album that I that I don't know that I don't enjoy. It's got to be them. Yes, it's got to be them. I love Marillion. I love the stuff they did with Fish, but I feel like a fake fan because I haven't stuck with them. But with Genesis, I've stuck with them through thick and thin. I've seen them play live. I've got all their studio recordings talking about what we were speaking about earlier. And uh, and I do, yeah, I, I do love them. But but then again, Marillion though, I'm thinking they did a brilliant studio album, which which I think is a brilliant studio album, which is Fugazi, their second one. And listen to what you're saying about the purity of a studio recording. That album is really clinical. It's really sterile and it's really cold. But that's a good thing for this album because, because of what it, it the, the, the subjects they're writing about and the music, it needs to be that. And I've heard the live performances where they're much bigger, much more explosive and, and quite powerful. But I do like that that studio album, the second Marillion studio album for Gazi. Sorry, that's a long-winded answer to your question, Phil. This is the danger of talking about these things. They they can go on a little bit. Because we're all passionate about this stuff, aren't we, I suppose? We are. Yeah. Do, do you have any preference for Genesis or Marillion? I know you're a bit of a fan of both, aren't you? Well... I discovered Marillion first, mm. uh, Fish Era Marillion, um, and I absolutely loved it. So that was back in yeah. the early mid '80s, um, and a school friend of mine said they're just ripping Genesis off. <laughs> I didn't really know much about Genesis yeah. then, because um, all I'd heard then was the kind of more poppy Genesis that mm, mm. popped up on top of the pops doing with Phil Collins singing. Um, so I went back and rediscovered old Genesis with Peter Gabriel, the stuff from kind of the late 60s up to uh, to mid-70s when yeah. he was around and thought, yeah, there is a similarity to uh, to some of the very early um, mm. era Marillion stuff. Um, but that then kind of set set a, a love of Genesis in motion. And um, yeah, yeah I, I like them both. I really do. I think mm. actually what we've got here are four, four bands, not two bands. Good point. Yes, yes, I see where you're going with this. You've got the nine or ten years mm-hmm. that Peter Gabriel was in the band, uh, and then you've got the 40-odd years that Phil Collins was, <laughs> was heading it up. Two completely different bands, but if you listen to Phil Collins singing the old Gabriel stuff, this will be controversial. I think he sings it every bit as well, and some of it. Mm. Possibly I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I say that. Same with Marillion. I mean, Fish was in the band for 10 years. Steve Hogarth's been in the band for 33 years. They are totally different bands mm. more more different than genesis under the two lead singers uh are uh the the modern era steve hogarth stuff if you heard that you wouldn't and you'd not heard fish before and then you heard fish era marillion you wouldn't think they were the same band at all really yeah so i think uh mm. you can like both it's like the uh it's like the van halen do you like david lee roth or sammy hager argument well you can like both can't you Why there's, you there's room for both in your life yeah so for me there's four bands there. There's there's two two um, Genesis and there's two Marillions and I like a lot. And we're going to sit on the fence as to which I prefer. <laughs> no, I'm not. I prefer Marillion. <laughs> Brilliant. I like that. Do, do you have a favorite favorite album from Marillion? Then I am loving um, the latest one. I think that's absolutely stunning. Um, I don't know if you've heard it or not, um, but that. Um, an hour before it's dark to me is just the pinnacle of everything they've okay. they've done. 
But if you listen to it, Paul, you won't recognise it if all you know is Fugazi. I'm going <laughs> to... I like Fugazi. I, I like the one... It's, it's, yeah. There's, oh, um... there's, there's another band that actually can pull it off live. If Definitely, you yeah. To the, in the studio, particularly the modern stuff, which has got a huge amount of mm. electronics in it, um, samples and sequenced things, you hear them live, they pull it off note perfect. Yeah. That's, uh, As that's, did Genesis that's on their final tour. It did uh, indeed, yeah. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> John, John, John's sorry, kind of we, laughing we at us. Discussion: <laughs> Genesis or Marillion, John? What do you think? Well, I, as I don't know who Marillion are, um, and I appreciate some of Genesis's videos, and Phil Collins advertises chocolate. Um, it's, <laughs> it's it's got to come down to I don't care. Um, so there you go. Best answer. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It's 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 the burden of being younger than you, not knowing who you're talking. <laughs> sorry. He's uh, he's throwing throwing all that in there at us, Phil. He's he's he's, he's making us know that he's the the youngster of 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 the threesome. Well, I have to listen to you two talking about something <laughs> I have no idea about. I'm trying to be quiet enough and Google it whilst you're talking. Still not. <laughs> So I'm going to have to sit on the fence and, and say they're both great. And if you like them, you like them. And there you go. Anyway, so that's us, your hosts. Now, the next episode of the podcast features Elizabeth Gould, who is not only the chairman of Clarity, but also the owner of Martin Sci-Fi. So we're going to throw this open to, uh, to you, dear listener. Mm. Um, if there are any hot topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes... Or if you'd like to even join in on some of our discussions, why not give us a shout? Uh, you can contact us uh, on clarity at clarityalliance.co.uk. That's our email address or via any of our social media channels. We'd love to hear from you. We would indeed. And if you're wondering where you can find our podcast, well, you obviously came across this one, so stick to that. It's uh, But we are going to be available on the Clarity website. We'll put links across all our social media channels and, of course, on whatever your favourite podcasting platform is. So until the next time, and to steal an idea from Ronnie and Ronnie, it's goodbye from him. Goodbye from him. And goodbye from him. And many thanks to Darklight Horizon for our theme music. Check them out at darklighthorizon.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. I think that was good. Yeah, it was good. You might have to edit some of that wittering on about bands and stuff. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs>